The number one question we get from listeners is, do we have a written step-by-step roadmap to guide you on how to train your dog? We don't, but Standing Stone Supply does. They're the creators of the complete step-by-step dog training program that takes your dog from brand new puppy and gets it well on its way to that finished dog you've always dreamed of. They've mapped out the timelines to help guide you, the videos for every step of the way to show you, and even have the needed gear made into shopping lists to make it easy to supply you. Check out the course at StandingStoneSupply.com to gain unlimited access for all current as well as future lessons and be sure to use the code GDIY to save 10% at sign up. Being an upland hunter in the south nowadays unfortunately means a lot of travel to try and find birds for my dogs. This means it's even more important that my map scouting is reliable to justify the effort. This is where Onyx comes in. I can honestly say that Onyx directly impacts the level of success I find on my trips. Whether it's the private versus public land boundaries, the expanding number of unique layers and features by state, or the 3D mapping capabilities, my initial step in planning my hunting trip starts with Onyx. To know where you're going, you have to first know where you stand. Check out Onyx Hunt Maps and use code G. GDIY 20 at checkout to save 20%. You know, impulse control is impulse control. It doesn't matter whether it's at the, you know, by the water or, or, uh, you know, in a steadiness station or whether it's standing on a place board with me talking to everybody else. And all of these things, all of these concepts, they all come from the same place. And that's, that's that depth of relationship we have. Dogs are made of four things. They're made of, 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 of the breeding, the, the, the actual genetics of the dog. Once you've chosen a dog, it's over. That's, that part of it's gone. The other three things you control. You control socialization, you control the training, and you control the nutrition. You have to treat this dog as an athlete like you're talking about. The one gift I can give like a new dog person is that ability to read their own dog. And, and understand what that dog is telling them through the training cycles. Okay, is this a time to push through? Is this a time to kind of let back? Is this, okay, are you responding to my stimulus, I'm telling you, whether it's pressure or telling you to do this task or showing you this skill? Are you responding or are you not responding? Okay, if you're not responding, then I need to find a way to make you respond. The dog responds to it instead of reacts to it. If we get a reaction to a collar, we're doing something wrong. Sometimes we have to get their attention, but we want a response. We want an action to follow that we've trained. No, no. And I'm I'm sitting here thinking, I always know the snippet at the start of the episode is good when Scott, you know, texts me. He's like, that was a good one. That summed up the episode. I'm just sitting here like, I'm screwed this week. There's too many snippets to pick from. One thing we all love to do with our dogs is hit the road and go on new adventures. In order for that to happen, we have to be able to safely and efficiently travel with our dogs. Dakota 283 is dedicated to building unparalleled pet protection and tailgate lifestyle products for you and your best friends. Their one-piece roto-molded kennels have many options such as the Hero Series for military-grade crates, T1 low-profile kennels that will fit truck beds with tonneau covers, and their most popular G3 Series that's available in any size you'll need. Dakota not only offers many different sizes and styles of kennels, they also offer products and accessories to help with food and water transport, truck bed storage, and even grooming stations. Have a new puppy and only want to buy one kennel instead of buying multiple ones as they grow? Look at the Forever Kennel Insert Divider that gives you the ability to buy a kennel now and adjust the size inside as needed. No matter what you need to get you on your next adventure with your dog, Dakota has it for you. Check them out now at dakota283.com. Your new 283 lifestyle is just one click and free shipping away.
And we're back with another week of GDIY, and I have a special guest for the intro this week. Joe couldn't join us, uh, but I have Jacob Myers of the Southern Outdoorsman on. Jacob, what's going on, buddy? Oh, not much, dude. That's extremely fired up after this weekend. I mean, man, it's, I, don't, I don't even have a dog right now. It's like, I just need a, I need, I need a loner dog, Scott. So, at least well, on... You know, it, J- Joe had kind of had a family emergency. He couldn't make the training weekend, unfortunately, or, or this intro. And I'm like, man, really don't want to do the intro myself, especially after the, the the quality and caliber of weekend that we just had. So I'm like, man, I want somebody that's uh, that really went away that we uh, from the training camp, just super excited and just their whole world opened up. And uh, now you have a whole new addiction and a, and a problem to contend with. And uh, so uh, I guess, man, just real quick. Like, like, let's recap this. We can't do a full episode on it, but like, let's keep it quick and simple. And uh, man, what were you expecting going into this the training camp on the way there? Because you you really haven't had that much experience with these dogs. No, dude, I, I had no experience. I had no really idea of what to expect. Uh, to be honest, I was telling Andrew, you know, I kind of went into the weekend like a little bit of cold feet because I've got a dog, um, you know, coming from from Scott over at Rusty Gun and Kennels, uh, a DK, and. Uh, Anyways, I started getting cold feet just a little bit. I was like, man, do I have enough time to be able to kind of do all this stuff? I had a lot of questions about like how to, you know, really work your lifestyle around, you know, training a, a dog and really putting enough time and effort into making a quality dog and not just something like a, this, a, a house dog, which I've had plenty of in the past. And, um, you know, going into the weekend, not really having any kind of uh, assumptions on anything opened up my world because I was like, holy crap. First off, there's a lot of guys out there that were kind of similar to me, kind of like their upbringing and everything else. And, um, you know, just kind of dove into it and everybody's at different stages of their kind of quote unquote, you know, career when it comes to hunting dogs. Um, you know, from people that were super, super new to people, they were on their third or fourth dog. Um, and then guys all the way up to like Grayson, uh, Mark, Martha and, and, uh, Scott and Kylie, who's been working with dogs forever. Um, and it was really, really interesting to see that. But I go in, like, okay, kind of like cold feet to coming out. I'm like, dude, I'm like, I'm going to quit my job and just go do a, be a pro trainer, man. But no, but joking, joking now. But no, absolutely, just like came back out of that whole experience. And I was like, I am fired freaking up right now. I did. Like, I went to the office today. I was like, I'm not getting anything done. I'm looking at gear, looking at, okay, all right, what do we need to do? I was looking, I talked to, uh, uh, I think it was Melissa. Uh, who was doing search? Was it the search and rescue? I was about to say Melissa Stagnero, man. She she imprinted on you because she's getting her first gun dog, but she has a search and rescue uh, duchy, and you know that dog is freaking amazing. She won the little impromptu healing competition that we had. I mean, it really wasn't much of a competition, but uh, <laughs> and the little tracking demonstration she did with you. Uh, I mean, you like ran out in the woods and everything and all that dog had was like a napkin you had from lunch and it tracked you down in the woods. And I was like, you know, it figures Joe, Jacob would come to a training camp, get lost in the woods and we have to send a dog after him <laughs> to find him. <laughs> no, but that was really cool. Cause again, you got to see from everything from like a working dog, like what she does and like, you know, especially mm-hmm. they're specializing in, in kind of that search and rescue aspect of everything to seeing more hunting breeds and everything else. And kind of that, the overlap of just, you know, training and kind of like consistency. And one of the biggest takeaways I got from the whole weekend was, you know, going in, you, you need to be confident. 
like you need like a good basis of like somebody to help you out, kind of like a mentor, but you got to go into your training with confidence because if you're not confident, the dog reads it. And I noticed that very, very quickly when there was handler, handlers that were, you know, new that was working with a dog and they were trying something out new and they were kind of like timid, you know, trying timid, especially like with the forest fetch and stuff like that. And the dogs were just freaking out because the, the, the handlers aren't like confident and they're kind of freaking out on the inside, I'm sure. Yeah. And uh, especially when we went to different stations and, you know, you could see like people, it, it took a little time for someone to get confidence to do whatever we were trying to do at the time and again the dog's like picking up on that so that was my bit one of the biggest takeaways especially when it comes to the obedience side too is like you gotta have confidence in what you're doing to really set yourself up for success and um you know have that right step foot board which is it's exciting yeah. i'll be honest it's extremely exciting <laughs> yeah you're pumped i mean scott came afterwards he's like man I think we really screwed Jacob because he's hooked now. <laughs> he's a, next thing you know, he's going to have 20 dogs, the truck, the property. And the, then you came away like, man, I kind of, I, I want a DK. I want, I want a search and rescue dog. I think I'm going to be a pro trainer. <laughs> I'm like, slow down. Let's start with that first dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, totally joking about the pro trainer thing. Like, absolutely. Listen, I want, I want to go hunt. I don't, I mean, I guess those guys do hunt, but they have so much time on their hands when it comes to like working with dogs and not, not so much time, but they're, they're, they have so much time that goes towards working with dogs. I'm like, that's, that's cool. Y'all do that. Yeah. I want to have a couple dogs and go hunt the hell out of them <laughs> and, and do some stuff like that. Um, but the search and rescue thing was really cool. Actually, when I got back down to Birmingham, um, I was looking up our Alabama State uh, search and rescue team just to kind of find out more information after talking yeah. to Melissa and uh, found out some really inf- really interesting information about that and like the different teams they have. Oh, those uh, dogs you know. are fascinating. And, and just to be clear, we did not have a search and rescue section. This is just one of the attendees of the clinic. She came to uh, – I mean, as you saw, Jacob, she she knows what she's doing, training the dogs and and, and working with those working dogs. But she's entering the gun dog world. And she even though she knows dog training and, you know, she knows the stuff, the the overlap, she really wanted to see how it compared with with the gun dog stuff. And I thought that was fascinating. Someone who's had such an obedient and hardworking dog that was that motivated to come to our training camp to further her education and keep learning. And to me, that's what's so impressive is there's so many different methods and, and outlooks on this that you can, you always have something to learn from somebody, right? Oh, exactly. And, you know, I think, you know, coming up there again, really having no complete, uh, preconceived notions on the whole aspect of what to expect because again i had no clue what to expect you know i've gone to like a, a nab the day with you like a training day um you know kind of seen you know losing rachel in the field and stuff but never had seen like a large group of dogs you know in an environment like this which was much more kind of seminar based but like hands-on it's it's different from what i've heard of the past where you're doing like one seminar with like one trainer and everybody's standing there just kind of watching and it's maybe a little q a but there's not really yeah. much dog work to something that it's like hands on with each individual owner, which again, I didn't have a dog, but I'm watching all these other people that brought their pups with them or you know, everything from a fern who's only like 12 weeks old DK to you know some of the dogs that are two, three years old and kind of see them at different stages of the career when it comes to hunting career and also just the training and along with different handlers. It was really interesting to see that. Um, and really one of the most impactful thing for me was with Grayson at, uh, is it lost highway kennels? Yeah. Um, going over obedience. Cause again, it kind of like my background having dogs, you know, we always had like going to quote rescue dogs. We had, you know, um, you know, find a lost dog and just, yeah, pound (laughs) puppies, whatever you want to call them. And, uh, had, you know, the very disobedient, like they knew their name. That's about it. You know, like they weren't necessarily inside dogs. They were mostly outside dogs. Um, and just never had super obedient dogs, but never took them to any kind of trainers, nothing like that. Never knew, you know, what it really took to have a obedient dog. So, 
that was kind of a, um, I guess a mark on, you know, me growing up with dogs that, oh man, you know, I've never seen a really obedient dog. I've never seen like a really good working dog. So I'm like, oh, all dogs are the same. You know, there's a pain in the butt. They're, you know, they're, they're <laughs> trouble to have around, all that kind of stuff. And went, you know, 10, 15 years without having a dog. And then, of course, met you three, four years ago and seeing Rachel and then like start to see Lucy. And I'm like, holy crap, dude. Like, I remember the first time I came to your house and I saw like how I think you had just got Lucy, but how like Rachel and Lucy was in the house. And I was like, what is this, dude? This is like some sorcery. <laughs> like, like these dogs, like, you know, waiting for their food. Like you're putting their food down. They're not just like diving on your hands or anything like that. Trying to get to the bowl. Uh, just like, you know, really well mannered in the house. And I was not used to that. Well, going into this weekend, obedience is a really big thing for like something like a goal of mine for like in-house use and everything else and also in public. And, um, you know, Grayson was really talking about the obedience and how like he takes it step by step with a young pup, especially with place training, uh, which was very, very fascinating. Cause I was wondering and kind of a question I had come into the weekend was like, okay, yeah, cr- I got understand crate training, the whole concept of crate training, especially if you're not the house and all that kind of stuff and traveling. Okay, great. But it's like when you're home, if you can't put like your home, but you're still like, maybe you're cooking dinner, you're doing stuff like that but you can't put all of your attention to the dog. I mean, do you just let them run around the house and that's fine. I mean, that's kind of like how we grew up, you know, just run around the house and then just do whatever they want to do or what. And when he started talking about place training, that's the first time I really saw someone in person really explain that. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. <laughs> this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. It's like, it, the, it's give, it's giving them a structure within, within your lifestyle and inside your home. Right. It, mm-hmm. It's like Scott put it, uh, you know, you, you're giving them the black and white with the least amount of gray. And so it's, it's based on everybody's individual lifestyle and, and how often their home and their lifestyle within the home. And it, you can really make it work for, for however you want to set it up as long as you're consistent with it. Yeah. And I mean, that's probably one of the more exciting things I found was like the structure and like how to have a very structured lifestyle especially when you start getting a pup and bring it into your life, bring it into your own home and, mm-hmm. and giving you that structured lifestyle. So not only is it less likely it's going to get in trouble, but when you get to later on, like after doing, you know, your NA test and you start going to like, you doing UT and start trying to do like the, um, the, uh, the force fetch and everything else, you have a dog that understands structure, understands a little bit more on the obedience side, which hopefully by that point, which was kind of what Scott talked about a little bit. It's like having a, a good obedient dog by the time you get to force fetch is going to help that process be a lot quicker. Yeah. Uh, at least when it comes to like the learning aspect of it. Oh, yeah. um, and I was like, that's huge. I was like, okay, I see the big <laughs> picture. I see the big picture. Cause I was extremely worried about that. Again, just hearing from force fetch, not seeing any of this stuff in person, everything I've learned is like, listen to the podcast and hearing you talk and, you know, hearing Scott talk a little bit about it, but not ever seeing much of that in person and actually seeing it in person. I was like, Oh, this is not as difficult as I thought it would be. Like definitely it's time consuming, but it's not nearly as challenging as I thought it would be. Yeah. And, and to, to kind of recap this, because this week's episode, we, we sit down with all the trainers and you know, it, I literally, you'll hear it, you know, I, I kind of do my thing for 15, 20 minutes like normal, but halfway through it, you know, these trainers that they get going amongst each other and I just kind of got the heck out of the way and I'm just sitting there just soaking it all in in their conversation and they, and we really kind of go across all subjects, but you know, it, it's like they said it as well as everybody that attended is we feel like the way that this, this, this camp was structured is kind of a game changer. It, you alluded to it earlier. Most most seminars, it's it's one trainer going with the entire group the entire weekend and showing one method. We had multiple trainers showing multiple methods, and in small groups that people got to use their own dogs and see other people's dogs. So you got to see numerous 
personalities, numerous issues, no, numerous hurdles, and it, it really set the bar. And we are we're currently trying to figure out where we want to take it next uh, because this I think this weekend kind of exceeded our expectations on what we were hoping it could be. I, I feel like every we only got positive feedback from everybody. Um, and I mean, we, I don't know we, we just got to sit down and see what, see where it takes us next. You know, we have a couple good ideas, but I, you know, like you, you don't even have a dog and you, you're about to get your first dog with a completely different mindset and confidence. But then you had guys there that have trained utility dogs and even gone to the invitational once or twice before that are there learning. And they came away saying that it was, a I don't want to say a life changing event, but just like they were very appreciative of the opportunity that it gave them. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how I feel like exactly is, you know, in my opinion, it was life changing for me. And I think it was for other people as well on the aspect that you're going to see so many different personalities in one area that have different perspectives. You know, mm-hmm. everybody trains a little bit different, especially when it comes to, again, the, the pro trainers that were all there. And everybody has their own take on what helps them be successful in working with dogs. But figuring out what's the little takeaways from each one that you can kind of mold into your own little format that you can have confidence in so that when you're working you're like okay i like what say grayson's doing with obedience and you know you like you know the way that maybe you know mark and martha ann you know had their take on you know the chain gain and then also talking with scott about kind of the approach the force fetcher duck search and kind of mold what you like between all of them kind of mold them together and figure out mm-hmm. what makes you confident because you're like hey if you like what somebody's perspective is, and this is the same thing when it comes to, you know, my conversation with deer hunting and stuff like that, which we won't talk about, but <laughs> you, you find out what other people are doing that's helping them be successful and you mold it to your style of, you know, hunting or your lifestyle to make it fit you the best out of all these different styles that you put together. Uh, and that's how you can have more confidence instead of like running with one system the whole time that maybe there's a couple parts where you're like, oh, I don't really know about this, but, you know, I'm just going to do it. And you're kind of timid. Well, then your dog's probably going to be like, what is wrong with you right now? It is going to pick up on that weird body language. And and to your point, it kind of goes back to what Bridget Nielsen said on the episode a a few weeks ago. You know, bite into everything that you can. You know, chew up the meat, spit out the bones. Keep what works for you, you know, but absorb everything that you can because it's, you know, take take little bits and pieces. Not everything is going to work for everybody. But, yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's essentially what – what the camp counselors talk about in this episode, right? So, uh, you know, I'm going to let them do it. They do it a much better job, but you know, I'm, I'm glad that you made it. I'm glad that it was such, so impressionable on you and everybody else. You know, I thought everybody had a great time, uh, real quick, you know, just basic housekeeping stuff on my end. I do want to thank Dakota 283 because they, I mean, this was the GDIY training camp brought to you by Dakota 283. They fronted the bird costs. They fronted uh, a kennel giveaway, uh, you know, that they went above and beyond to, to help make this weekend a little bit better. And I, you know, Jacob, I got to ask you, uh, what do you think about ugly dog? Because they definitely had an appearance at this training camp for sure. Oh man. Ugly dog. Uh, no, <laughs> nothing but good thing to say about him. Um, <laughs> I'll just I'm gonna, say that I'm going to say that this is probably the most sponsored episode by Ugly Dog <laughs> for sure. Uh, you'll you'll hear with the trainers. Everybody was enjoying Ugly Dog this weekend. Yeah, we we come to find out Saturday afternoon. You know, I'm not working with any dogs that the uh, the s'mores, which you know, again, I'm not a big fan of like flavored whiskey, but uh, the s'mores 
whiskey mixed with coffee on the afternoon when it's raining, sun. <laughs> that was where it was at. Yeah, that's yeah. where it was at. Uh, and then, I mean, the peach with everybody was there. I mean, every yep. single person, just like me, just like you, you know, we're in the South. You know, we don't do flavored whiskey a whole bunch. And it's just like you look at that, everybody's first response, like, I'm, I'm, I'm good. And it's like, just try it. Next thing you know, man, we're. You know, we can, I come out of the podcast and I walk out outside and I'm like, man, there are empty bottles of Ugly Dog <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> so, uh, you know, again, Dakota, Ugly Dog, Yukonuba really came and offered up some swag. You know, a lot of people, they some people went home with some place boards, some bumpers. Everybody got some notepads and, and pens and everything to, to keep track of everything uh, throughout the weekend. So it was just like each one of our sponsors uh, they really did their part to make this special. And so I wanted to thank them and, um, yeah, it, it, it's just, it was a blast. We have other ideas in the works. You know, there might be something coming this fall, early this fall, not into hunting season, but, uh, close to it, you know, we'll, we'll see where that goes. That's a, it's an idea, but you know, I think, uh, you're one of them and, and a number of people ask like, okay, what's next? Where do you go from here? And it's like, don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry, we got some ideas, yeah. and uh, so we'll, hopefully we have some stuff to announce later on down the road. But yeah, I, don't know. I was gonna say at the round table at the very or almost at the very end, right before we get to the last session that that afternoon Sunday afternoon, Scott was like, "Oh, y'all got any other questions?" I'm like, "Yeah, when's part two? I'm like, "I don't even have a dog yet. I'm just ready to like for the next time we're getting together." Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. it was a great time. Y'all did a really good job with it. Uh, just a really good atmosphere. A great group of people. You know, both men and women that are out there. You know, with their dogs, all different lifestyles, um, all coming together. You know, showing what they love, which is hunting dogs, yep. and uh, definitely was eye-opening for anyone out there that had a dog they got to see all these different perspectives in one area in a very short time span of just being a weekend and be able to take a lot away from that so yep. um, definitely would recommend to any listener listen next time you better be on the RSV, or rsvp asap all right <laughs> so yep. you, you you got to hop on with it and come hang out yep. and to caveat off that there is um one more housekeep keeping thing jeff tucker of foothills navda he reached out and asked if i could uh put something out that they are doing the NAVDA Ames and Rules Clinic at their chapter in Harmony, North Carolina, June 12th and 13th. There's just tw- 20 entries for that. If you want to, if you're interested in that, go to foothillsnavda.org to check that and, that out and sign up. And uh, you know that that's another good clinic and opportunity for for people out there. Uh, but yeah, you know it's. You have NAVDA clinics, you have other clinics, different chapters put on different stuff. Just bottom line is, whether it's GDIY camp, NAVDA clinics, or anything else out there, get out, have fun with your dogs, teach your dogs, you know, just enjoy life with them. That's what it's all about. Grow together and, uh, you know, get to work for that hunt season coming up. It'll be here before you know it. Yep. Well, Nick, how about we show up and get to the episode? Absolutely. Appreciate it, Jacob. We get asked all the time what the most important thing to consider is when training and living with a hunting dog, and they're often surprised when they hear us answer with proper nutrition. It's pretty obvious when you think about it, though. It doesn't matter how well the dog is trained if it doesn't have the right fuel. The saying garbage in, garbage out rings true in dog nutrition. Yukonuba's premium performance lineup goes beyond just protein and fat with a number of different formulas designed to fuel your dog's specific activity level while supporting their recovery and optimizing their nutrient delivery. The proof is in the pudding, or lack thereof, when you make the switch to Yukonuba. You'll see immediate results in your dog's energy level and drive. They have a formula for every type of dog from your hardest working dog in the field to your laziest retired dog on the couch. 
Head on over to yukanubasportingdog.com to find the right formula for your hunting partner. Make the switch today and let Yukanuba fuel your dog so you can focus on what you and your dog actually love to do, work. Picture this. You just finished a long day's hunt or a long day in the training field grooming your next champion. You've run through your entire string of dogs in anticipation for the next fall. You think the day's over. It's not, though. Your day's not over until you let that ugly dog hunt. No hunting or training session is complete without capping it off with one of the spirits from Ugly Dog Distillery. They're Michigan-raised and purebred handcrafted spirits. They have everything you need from vodka and gin to your more traditional after-hunt choice Kentucky bourbon. Head on over to UglyDogDistillery.com to check availability within your state. And if you have an upcoming event that's alcohol-friendly, then be sure to reach out to us and see if we can add another Ugly Dog to the lineup. We'll tell you right now, we aren't much on flavored whiskeys, but you have to try their peanut butter whiskey. Unlike other peanut butter whiskeys out there, Ugly Dogs is made with real Kentucky bourbon and not just grain alcohol with syrup. So after your next hunt or a long day of testing and you're trying to decide what to drink, reach for the bottle with Ruger, the German wire hair pointer on it. It was handcrafted by people just like us, dog people. Every adventure starts somewhere. Make sure yours includes an ugly dog at your side. Explore responsibly. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another week of GDIY. We're actually coming live this week from the GDIY training camp at Scott Caldwell's at Rusty Guns Kennel. We are joined with a number of different trainers this week. We uh, are blessed to be joined with Grayson Geyer, who's been on before, but we have uh, two new trainers that haven't been on before we have mark gowron as that is that how you pronounce it it's pretty close okay <laughs> and then martha ann imperator imperado imperator okay so imperado imperado oh. Oh, oh, you gotta okay. get the o in there man <laughs> the vowel is very don't let, important don't, don't let lou know the joke the o in, in there. <laughs> i got you well uh go ahead and introduce where y'all are from and, and what y'all are doing and what you guys you know why why y'all came down here to help us out with our training camp? Mark and I own and operate uh, Webfoot Kennels, which is in, located in Clayton, New York. We train uh, gun dogs is our passion, but we deal with pointing dogs, retrievers, as well as flushing breeds. We were asked to come down. Actually, Scott called me up and just said, hey, we're doing this gun dog you know, do it yourself thing. You want to come down and help us out? I'm like, I have no idea what that even is, but I'm all in. So, uh, you know, anything to help out the average guy, that's what we're all about. I mean, we're not, this isn't about money for us. This is about a passion. Yeah. So we're, we're looking at it from, you know, if a guy wants to, or gal wants to train their dog and get out there and do some hunting or do some testing or whatever they want to do, you know, Let's let them do it, and let if we, if I can share and Martha can share her her experience and my experience with the dogs, and help them move forward, and that that's that's worth that's worth a day's drive down here all day. Absolutely, no and, and that's why you guys have been a perfect fit for us on this weekend because you know Grayson and Scott they've been on a couple times they kind of share the same uh, sentiment to where. They have more experience and knowledge than than I have, but they're willing to share it with me, and we can pass it on. And, and just the bottom line is, everybody wants to share their passion and get other people involved, and and that's what this weekend is all about: is really just getting people out there with their dog and giving them the confidence and a little bit of the know how to to do so. And so, Grayson, you came down. You've been doing basic obedience. 
Scott, you've been doing force fetching and, and, and duck, duck search. search. And then Mark and Martha Ann, y'all been doing steadiness. So, Grayson, let's start off with the obedience. We're halfway through the weekend. What's been your impression so far about, you know, people's training level, what they've been asking? Is there kind of a, a common trend that you've been seeing with the people that you've interacted with so far? Yeah. I mean, so the common trend is we got a bunch of dog dorks together, <laughs> right? And so, um, yeah, so I think more than anything that makes, that gives us confidence to be around each other. We get the opportunity to begin to to talk and loosen up, and we understand that we're amongst like-minded people. And so, regardless of our 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 experience level and our skill skill level, we, you know we've got um we've got a crew that immediately can uh, can share a bond with one another. You know, we're all uh, literally geeking out about dogs. You know, and so nothing's off limits. We have all the time in the world uh, to 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 chat and to explain what it is we're trying to accomplish, explore each other's objectives, and uh, and help one another um, kind of progress to the next level. And so, you know, I got a ton of feedback. You know, the people that came in to my to my station today had been, um, you know, through the last station and. They were all happy to be here, excited to be here. Everybody's kind of riding a high and feeling good. And once they got comfortable and loosened up, um, you know, we just had a good time. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it was a very easy situation for me. Yeah. Uh, because people showed up ready to learn and excited to be here and, uh, and ready to share and not afraid to kind of step out and, and be out there with their dog. And it wasn't, you know, wasn't like showing up on test day afraid to fail. It was, yeah. you know, it was, everybody came here for a reason to try and learn and, yeah. and improve on something to, to help them with their own yeah. dog. So it, yeah, it, it, it is kind of that, that shared interest and goal with everybody. And, and Scott, you know, what's been your impression so far? Cause we've been planning this for over a year between right. ourselves, you know, is it, is it lived up to the hype on your end so far? Uh, I mean, I would hope so. I'm really thoroughly impressed with one the attention some of these guys and gals have been given to this. Um, you know, a lot of the common theme I think we've really invigorated a lot of people to get back out and train their dogs again. Yeah. You know, I think the average age of the dog that's here is under two years old or yeah, right at two years most old. Are around a year and a half, two years old. For right. The most so, part. and most of the individuals that are here have, have you know either hit a stumbling block or a small hurdle and just didn't know how to get past it. And I think with a lot of what we were doing today, you know, on my side, I'm sure on the other two sides was letting people know that there's a process to get your dog to where you want it to be. And if you just kind of follow that process and come up with some creative methods, you're going to get there. And, and, you know, I think they're really shocked with on the force fetch, how important it is to go all the way through and then how it relates to doing some duck search stuff and stuff like that. And then, you know, vice versa is, you know, I heard, nothing but good comments come from the other two groups while we were here like man i'm excited again about getting my dog out you know I'm, i feel like i got the tools to move forward yeah you know and and so i was with you all day on the on the force fetch and right. duck search and i'm cycling over to grayson and, and mark and martha and tomorrow so i haven't gotten to hear hear the steadiness sec section I, i've kind of talked to grayson enough to where i kind of 
I have a good feeling of, of where his obedience is going to steer me tomorrow, and I'm excited to get there. But I kind of want to hear you guys give me a little a, a, a snippet or a preview on what your course is going to kind of show me tomorrow. Walk me through your, your general overview of, of your methods and, and methodology overall. Well, first of all, we're, we're feeling pretty left out that you really didn't show up at our stage. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> well, you know, we'll see. Well, that that ship has yet to sail. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see if you're loyal or not. Um, but, I mean, you know, with us, you know, we we started from ground zero. We had, we had all these people that came in and were raw. You know, and that was really, really nice. And I didn't really didn't know what we were coming down here and going to see, you know, were we going to see people all from this region? But that's not what we've seen at all. We, these people are from all over the re, all over the place. They're coming from Michigan. They're coming from New Jersey. They're coming Wisconsin. from Wisconsin, Alabama. Uh, and they all did it, you know, they heard about this and they're like, yeah, I want to come here and, 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 and see what this is all about. And... That was kind of an eye opener for me a little bit. It's like, wow, these these people are really, they're really they want they want to be that sponge. Yeah, to, they to, want to hear from to us. Take a Martha note. They care. They, yeah, they exactly. care about the dogs. They care under, about getting their dogs to that next piece and that next level. So yeah. we started out, you know, and started working with them, and and right away I could see, well, wow, what does this have to do with studying this? You know, why aren't I on this woe table, or why aren't I doing this or that? But but by the time we were done, they're like, oh yeah, this all comes together. This starts really with the day I bring my puppy home, and I don't let it just scoot out the door, you know, um, or just do whatever it wants to do, jump on me or whatever it might be. And and that's really rewarding to watch them at the end and saying, wow, you know what? We we've actually accomplished something here in, in four hours. So uh, that was that was good today. It was good to see. It was good to see people that are open-minded to new ideas or something they've never seen before, possibly, or expand on what they already know. Um, so for me, you know, that was great. I, I don't know how, you know, Martha has maybe a little different perspective on it, but um, I, I really enjoyed working through the two groups that we, we had. There was no like, well, he did it different than this guy and that. What, what about that? No, it was none of that. There was all, okay, we'll take these different perspectives we're going to put this together and we're going to come up with our own idea of how we're going to start training our bird dog. Yeah. And that, that's really exciting. Yep. Well, Martha, I mean, do you have anything to add on that? Um, I think the only thing is as far as what we actually did today, we tried to make the program um, where they could view it within their household. Like a lot of people don't have the access to birds. They don't have access to large um, plots of land, right? So how can you really steady up a dog if you don't have those um, available resources? So we talked about using chain gangs and making the dogs actually just stand still. Their job, no matter what it is, and steadiness is to be motionless or stand still and in our bases until they're cued to do otherwise. So we were teaching them how to do silent cues until the dog actually had the muscle memory or understood what its job was, and then we start labeling it instead of labeling actions that are not um, sound yet. 
and, and that, uh, that breeding kinda, the dogs. That was new. That was very new to people. They were like, well, what do you yeah. mean you're not um, giving it commands over and over and over and over and over and over again? It was it was a little bit of a new concept. And, and, and by the time that they got through it, they could see how that all fit together. It was It was pretty good. And I think me and Scott talked about it before we came back over here and, and you know, had dinner and everybody got to gather, gather around. And then when we got over here, we heard other people talk about it like, man, I can do this stuff in my backyard. Yep. And that, that we That's talked exactly about it a little right. bit further when everybody got together is, you know, yeah, there were some elements that maybe you can't do in your backyard. Very few elements of what everybody did at throughout the entire day but the bulk of it anybody can do in their backyard and they can start training the foundations that lead to advanced steadiness really hammer home the good strong obedience the foundational obedience and then really hit the force fetch that leads into the duck search and and all that fun stuff it's like you can go do it in your backyard tomorrow you don't have to have the thousands of acres and the pigeons and everything they're nice i would love to have it as well but you don't have to have it Right. Well, I mean, we proofed that today on the duck search pieces, you know, what obviously everybody that doesn't own what we have or what Mark and Martha have up there is, you don't have a duck search area in your backyard. But I took a dog who just recently completed force fetch and within three iterations showed him a land search for a live duck up here. And then we walked it down to do its very first introduction to duck search. And the dog did a four duck search with a retrieve. Right. And, and if you did all that work in your yard and then went to your NAVDA training day and say, I need two ducks, please. And everybody walked out there and saw that dog do a duck search like that. They're like, man, how do you, how do you train your duck search? Well, that's my dog's first duck search. Tell me their chest wouldn't be like, Ooh. you know, look at this, look at this. But it, it, you know, everything leading up to that, to your point is everything was done right here in the side yard. Yeah. That that's exactly right. I mean, everything I, was done and, here. And you said it. You said it earlier when we were talking about your program. You know, when your dog, when a dog comes in to do a duck search, or I'm sorry, we do a uh, whatever force fetch. You know, and hasn't done your obedience, obedience. program. Yep. The first thing you're going to do is is build that foundation. Yeah, you have to build that foundation. If you don't build that foundation, you have nothing to build on. Yep. So people can do that at home. They don't. We, they don't have to send their dog to us to do that. They they can get this done without birds, without a lot of equipment. We showed them what they can do, all that steadiness for less money than it would, it would take to build one wool table. Mm. You know, I mean, it, it's crazy. You don't need all this great stuff. Yeah, we have all that stuff. We got $1,500 bird <laughs> launchers and this and that. We got all kinds of stuff, you know. But we don't. You don't need that to train your dog or a couple of dogs in your backyard. You know, you, you can do a lot of this on your own. And then when you do go to your NAVDA training or your AKC training or HRC training, whatever you, whatever chapter, whatever you do, you can, you then can use those resources to advance what you've done at home. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you guys agree with that? Oh, absolutely. It, it's it's absolutely. The key, if you don't do that at home, then you're you're so far behind when you do go to those NAVDA events and you get your birds and you just go to the bird field and you th- do your three birds and you've done nothing in between. What have you really accomplished? You've shown the dog three birds. So, yeah. But but if you've done all of your basic homework like Martha and I showed them earlier, 
and you guys, I'm sure, then now you can accomplish something. Now that you, I believe we were talking earlier, whereas you go to your NAVDA training and if you, if the NAVDA was telling you how to train your dog, that's really not, that's really not it. It's, 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 it's what do you do to get there and then use that event to move you forward to the next event. Yeah. Yeah. You guys Uh, agree with that? It's it's funny you say it was a hundred percent how my station went today was, um, I mean, cause we're talking obedience. Right. You know, and so the whole idea is like, what's obedience? Obedience is everything. It's everything. Yeah. So I mean, we're, a- we're talking force fetch, we're talking steadiness. We're ta- <laughs> so the idea, you know, my the entire the you know the all I could come up with is like, let's grasp concepts and let's develop a relationship. And that's, I mean, it, it sounds like when you're talking, it's the same thing we're talking about. So it's like, you know, it's funny. You come, you get your force fetch station, you get your steadiness station, you get your obedience station. But at the end of the day, we're we're really all. We're all driving the same message home, which is right. get out there, interact with your dog, conceptualize, you know, and 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 allow your dog to um, to develop uh, th- that kind of innate connection with you. The more time you spend, the more effort you put in, you know, impulse control is impulse control. It doesn't matter whether it's at the you know by the water or. Or uh, you know, in a steadiness station, or whether it's standing on a place board with me talking to everybody else, and all of these things, all of these concepts, they all come from the same place, and that's you know, that's that depth of relationship we have. And you know, I think, like I imagine us, we're talking about our canine athletes. You know, what I can imagine whether we're talking about some kid playing basketball on a dirt court somewhere else, you know, or playing stickball in the yard. You don't need fancy equipment. No. You don't need tons of birds. You don't need no. tons of land. You need time and effort and energy. And if you put that in, you're going to reap the rewards. And no. I think that's what we're all getting out of this. And Martha and I talk about this all the time. We talk to our clients. We tell them dogs are made of four things. They're made of of, of, of the breeding, the, the, the actual genetics of the dog. Once you've chosen a dog, it's over. That's That part of it's gone. The other three things you control, you control socialization, you control the training, and you control the nutrition. You have to treat this dog as an athlete like you're talking about. Um, when you treat that dog as an athlete and you socialize it as an athlete, you, you, you train it as an athlete, and you feed it as an athlete, it can perform as an athlete to that level. So, you know, we, we, we really focus on leadership. We call it, le- you know, and of course, I'm, I have a military background. Scott has a, We all have a military background to some degree here. And... Leadership is big with me. You know, you know, we're going through a difficult time. Steadiness. It's it's difficult for the dog. We're 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 intersecting its its natural desire to grab that bird and eat it. Yeah. Um. So we have to tell them. You know, we're going through a difficult time. We're going to do this together. I will not let you fail, but we're going to do it my way. And once the dog starts understanding that, they start working with you as a team. So I tell people, it's like, look, you know, obedience, like you were, you did your obedience section. When you, when you do an obedience and the dog has a willing, learned willing response and it does it because it's supposed to do it, is it still obedience or is it train or is it cooperation? A, is it cooperation or is it really a team member now? Yeah. Right now team member, this, this means yeah. a lot to us. Right. And when, when I got a dog, that's a team member. I'm like, this dog, this dog doesn't need obedience. It's just doing it. You know, it's just doing it because it's supposed to do it. Yeah. You know, regardless yeah. if I'm there or not, I'm not the boss. I don't force it to do anything. 
So uh, to to watch people's eyes just perk up, that, that eyebrow lift up a little bit, going, oh yeah, that's rewarding for us to. We've got their attention. Yep. That's that's rewarding. Would you agree with that, Martha? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's Everything you said. <laughs> you are a woman of a thousand words. <laughs> For those who don't know, Mark talks for Martha. Martha agrees. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, you know, and, and it's, it's, I think we kind of get in our own way a lot of the times. I mean, it's just like, I heard Scott say something, and I've heard him say it a million times just when we're talking about it or when he's talking to somebody one-on-one, but he said it to the group today. And something as so simple as, you know, I kind of take it for granted, but, like, the way he put it, I saw people just nod their heads like, oh, that that, that makes a lot of sense. And it, and it was essentially what are we doing when we're training these dogs is we're trying to create a black-and-white world with this yep. little gray area in the middle. That, that's really all it was. And just by you putting it as simple as what you just said, and then, I mean, it, it's very similar to what you just said. It's like it just it makes sense. And right. it's just that's, I think, y'all are putting it in, in terms and in a way that people are understanding it this weekend. And, and Grayson, you, we kind of exchanged messages a few weeks ago, and you're like, you know, I, I really feel like the dog training world just needs more simplicity. We, don't, we need to stop putting so much definitions and just kind of oh. – just throwing so much terminology out there that it kind of makes people feel like they're missing something. It's like, let's keep it simple. And what you just said, and Scott, what you said earlier today is just kind of people are craving that just, aha, I get that. That makes sense. I don't have to go read a book for that. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty obvious. in like the, um, like we were talking about, you know, making it black and white, not shade to gray and then explaining what those shades of gray are, you know? And, And when you, actually pinpoint and question people like hey your dog you know you got white muddy prints off the door of your house you know twice a week because your dog gets to the door before you do and bounces off of it until you you know let him out or does your dog go to the door sit and wait for you to open the door and invite the dog out you know and and everybody's like man i wish my dog would do that well then teach it to do that (laughs) (laughs) you know yeah the dogs are telling us a story constantly and if we all get better at reading our dogs and watching our dog's body language they're they're telling us what they need the dog putting the prints on the you know on the door you know it's telling you right there what needs to be done you know, it needs to respect its space and its place that it's living in. Yeah. So if we see a dog acting out in the field, where do we take it back? We take it out of the field, correct it out of the field, where we can manage it, take away all that distraction, make them understand exactly what we want, and then put them back in the field will correct those behaviors or modify those behaviors under a, a, in a learning setting that they can actually learn from instead of being so highly overstimulated and, you know, short-circuiting and trying to teach them something. Or going so, to the field and just doing the same thing over and over and yeah. over again, expecting a different result. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can see the 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 the, the body language here at just around the table. We all agree with this. It's like you see it over and over and over again, 
And it's like, teach this in what we call the short grass and then take the dog back to the field. And so it's, it's very interesting hearing you guys. So it's the first time I've, I've met both, both of you guys, and, and it's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's, it's a fantastic experience for me because I'm hearing you guys say things that have been themes through my entire, and I, you know, uh, tenure as a dog trainer. And I, you know, I spent a lot of time in, in, a, in different types of dog training before I came to this. But when we talk about, hey, when we can't teach concepts when we have an overstimulated dog. You know, we need to manage drive states. Um, uh, it's it's any experienced trainer you sit around a table with, the same themes come up, and we say it with different languages. Isn't that funny? It, you know, it's, we're uh, saying the exact yeah. same thing. You know, and it's 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 fun. It's really it's really a lot of fun to kind of sit here and go, man. You know, gosh, man, I can hear my mentors twenty years ago saying the same thing around the table. I, I've and said, I hear, it's, we're echoing those same things. I know? can't tell you how many seminars I've said, yeah. and I'm going. <laughs> We've talked about that before. Yeah, yeah. That was 25 years sure. ago. So none of this is new. Yeah. It's it's not new. Yeah. You know, we might put different terms to it in things, but it's not new. Same stuff. It's the same stuff. And and to hear you know, this is actually reassuring. I've I've when I met you yesterday at sure. yeah, it's supper, three o'clock in the afternoon. Huh? <laughs> right. And so so and to hear you say that, it it makes it solidifies our program sure. for sure. me. Yeah. Because it, I'm sure it does the same thing yeah. for you, Scott. Well, I mean, it's it's go back to the the trainer fight episode. You know, <laughs> when me and Nick first talked about it, it was like, man, it's interesting. But I am worried that somebody of that caliber is going to have some completely different stuff to talk about that I'm going to you have to call BS on, <laughs> right? You know, and, and then stuff. I and how's get them that to disagree? I'm like, this is the this worst fight go, ever. Right? And then, <laughs> then when we actually started talking about it, it's like Grayson said, it's like. Well, it, we're doing the same thing. We're doing the exact same thing for the exact same reasons. You're just a little bit different than I am as far as method, you know. So, so let's let's look at why that is. Because because dog behavior is dog behavior. That's yeah. right. There's that, no magic. There's right? no magic to that. No. Yeah. There's nothing new. There's no magic. A lot of times we use maybe a different vernacular to explain things that we. So we. Get I like that word. Vena- vernacular. Can I have a dollar for that? <laughs> <laughs> two dollars. Two dollar. <laughs> <laughs> right. But but we uh, yeah I mean so much of what we do we do we get hung up in semantics. We always talk about the same thing, and I love hearing that. You know, so much of you know personally myself like I'm not a I'm not a devotee, but I ninety. 80, 75% of what I do is, is in the West Gibbons method. But the West Gibbons method is a method. Like, but at the end of the day, it's the same concepts. We don't, we don't introduce birds from downwind. I don't introduce steadiness when you've got a nose full of bird and you're high as a kite. I'm going to introduce it when you're in a, in a low drive state and I'm going to let you be stimulated. And we're going to, you know, all those concepts, they, they, they cut across all the methods. And so it's, you know, so much of what I talk about in obedience is like principles-based stuff. Like, hey, man, like, um, you know, these are these are basic concepts, and let's all uh, agree on a vocabulary that we can, so we don't we Confuse don't cut all. across the yeah, grain, exactly. right? Like, we just you know, so everything everything we do, it's it's all it's all been done for generations before us. 
And just because they maybe didn't have... So you're basically holding hands around the fire. Yeah, we're all kumbaya. kumbaya. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, that's it. Man. It's, right. it's all cyclical because, I mean, heck, the first episode me and Grayson did uh, probably over a year ago now was called The Language of Dog Training. Yeah. And that's where I got feedback from Angie Barron, which led to the trainer fights that agreed yeah. to this. And now we're having the same yeah. conversation. It's all It's all the same thing. But... Put it in terms of like, I know you guys all get it. Put it in terms of that new dog owner, that new handler that's coming into this that, to where they're being told by all these people that they have to have that they need to read this book. They need to watch information this video. They, they, overload it's, with it's, the it's internet drinking oh, from right. a fire hose. It, it's unbelievable. But it's just like, how many people did y'all deal with today to where it's just like, y'all just say the simple stuff and you see it click with them. Yeah. You know, how, how is it that the, Talk to the person that's just getting their first dog that's listening to this podcast now. What message would you send them to to really weed all that out and stay focused on what, what's important? GDIY. And, well, <laughs> and, and, well, you know, I mean, I, I'm new to this. Martha and I are new to this. And to commend you guys for doing this because it is just about being consistent with the concepts, fundamentals, and sticking to that. Don't try to mix things and go for the new gadget and this video told me that. and Because none of that's new. They're just trying to maybe remarket or rename what, what's al- it's already out there. So stick with the concepts, the basic fundamentals of dog training and how a dog learns and teaching a dog to learn, which is kind of sometimes hard to wrap your head around. Um and and you're going to be fine. You don't need 500 birds. You don't need I mean I, you have no idea how many times people have told me well I'm going to the invitational I need 500 birds. Right. Well, I, we we we've probably we've qualified three bird, three dogs at the invitational and I don't think we went through 200 birds between all of them. Yeah. I'm going No we didn't. I'm going to take a page out of you know, refer actually back to Martha's comment and to refer to your question as is the one gift I can give like a new dog person is that ability to read their own dog. Absolutely. Yep. And, and understand what that dog is telling them through the training cycles. Okay. Is this a time to push through? Is this a time to kind of let back? Is this okay? Are you responding to my stimulus? I'm telling you whether it's pressure or telling you to do this task or showing you this skill. Are you responding or are you not responding? Okay. If you're not responding, then I need to find a way to make you respond. You know, so I mean, that's the biggest gift. If you can teach somebody, that's also probably one of the hardest lessons to learn. Yeah. At the end of the day, well, well I think I, I look back on the day and like I, I it was a really, it, it was a lot of fun today. And I think, you know, I, li- I was listening to, to to you guys talk earlier, and I know there, like, I think there was probably a breakthrough, one or two, with you guys today. We had one in my station with a in a. Uh, uh, collar conditioning scenario, you know, and so which is I wasn't I wasn't even anticipating getting there. Like I was like, man, I'm going to bust out the clicker today, and we're going to talk relationship stuff, and and somehow I ended up I'm with a collar, and I'm helping a guy get over a hump, right, with a dog that's gotten just a bit stuck at like a level that he, you know what I mean, yeah. like just basic. Let's get over the hump thing, and so I think seeking mentorship and like the things that you do we take for granted because this is what we do all the time and and um 
It was killing me not to go over to your station. I was going to leave my station and go over to your station. And listen. <laughs> well, there's so much like so with things things that we do intuitively, right? Yeah. Because we have so many dogs through our hands, you know, and and it's so cool for me to like sit around this table with you guys and realize like here I am, man. You know, 20 years ago, I was a like a zit faced kid, you know. Seeking mentorship. Come on, really? <laughs> it was, it was more 30. like 30. <laughs> you know, 30 35. Yeah. Right. An adult. Oh, I said acne, right? Like, yeah, but, a liar. But no, you know, so, but, but you know, and, and to be here today and like to be able to, to, to share mm-hmm. some of the experience and realize like, hey, hey, it counts for something. So much of dog training is experiential. Um, and, and I get it. Like, it's really, the opportunity to say, "Hey, man, like you know what f- doesn't feel like a risk to me anymore yeah. is a yeah. is a major leap of faith maybe for one of these folks, and so if you're out there and 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 you're not feeling confident in yourself and like your next step in training, like hey man, there's people around you, yeah. go seek that mentorship the great look at what we get to do today with communication and the internet and g d i y and and all that you know so we we live in a great time um for, for folks that are that are you know looking for for information and communication and we have it at our fingertips absolutely know, so. I mean it you know y'all y'all have said it five different ways already but you know while you're doing your force fetch lesson today Scott what I, Jacob came up to me doesn't even have a dog yet mm-hmm. he's just on a list and he had heard enough times you answer the same question with the same answer it's dog dependent. You know, how many times today did somebody ask you a question and you say it's dog dependent and he came up to me and was right. like, isn't everything in this dog dependent, like being able yeah. to read your dog? I'm like, yeah, congratulations. You don't have a dog and you figured that out. Yeah. Like that's, that's really it is. And guess what? When you do have a dog, <laughs> it, you're exactly. gonna, at least you're going to have that concept. And it goes back dog. to Martha Ann's point. Know your dog. Pay attention to your dog. Learn what yep. makes the dog tick, how it reacts, what it's trying to tell you and communicate to you. And then that'll lead you in the direction that you need to go. Yeah. And that's back to Grayson's is how do you do that? Your socialization, your, what does your dog do on a daily basis? What does your dog do to this response and that response? And just pay attention to it. You know, when we had the dogs on a chain gang, now we, we realize that not everybody has a chain gang at their house and they can do something as simple as put a ratchet strap between two trees or or whatever, but some some type of containment. How does that dog react on that? You have to learn to read the dog. What's it doing? Is it jumping all over the place? Is it barking, digging, urinating? What is it doing? Because what you're going to see there is probably what you're going to see in the field. Um, and the same with obedience, the same, everything. You know, and I kind of tell people sometimes, not a lot, not sometimes, all the time, it, 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 you know, you need help in certain areas. You know, force fetch is one of them because it's re- force fetch to me, and I'm dying to go to your station. <laughs> okay, force fetch to me is, and I learned that was the first thing I ever learned about dog training was was force fetch. And I, I, I got thrown into it, you know, pretty hard. And you learn to read the dog. The dog is constantly talking to you because it's a stressful situation. Yep. Right, it's 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 a stressful situation, and you're gonna you have to insert your leadership in that dog to say, "Look, man, I, I'm right here with you, but we're gonna do this my way." And the dog is talking to you through its body language, through its actions, through a lot of different things, 
I mean, right down to the dander that comes off the dog on, the, on its, on its mm-hmm. back. When you see that dander, that's stress. How do you deal with that? Some people don't know what to do. That might be an area where you might need a little bit of help because a lot of dog owners that have a personal relationship with the dog can't push through certain certain things, especially with force fetch. But if you learn how to read your dog, then you can. You, yeah. you, you, you kind of like... If the dog, if you learn how to read that language, you just kind of move through it. Yeah. But if you don't know how to read the dog, that's the biggest thing. Just step back and watch them and learn their language, their body language, their movements, their eye contact, everything, their tail, everything that they're telling you something. Learn to read what that is, and all this goes pretty smooth. I'll tell you the key point to that is. It- like you said, read it, but you don't have to define it. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people out there who'll be like, oh, well, my dog's doing this. Well, what does that mean? Don't worry about it. Your dog's doing that. And what are you doing to cause that reaction in the dog? You know what I mean? So if you've got a dog, you know, perfect example, we had the two on the force fetch. We had um, the one Brittany that came up mm-hmm. and immediately I saw how that dog's body language was and what that body language was telling everybody. And I asked him and we stopped, we stopped. And a couple dogs later, we had a Griff. It was, it was another avoidance issue, just a different type of avoidance. Exactly. Brittany, it was very clear cut. Anybody, even day one owner and dog handler knew what that dog was telling you. Yeah. But that Griff, a new owner may may go either way with it to where it's just like, okay, I need to push through it. Or I, it's like, I'm going to come off of it. And you had to explain that to people. And it's just like half the group. It, it really could have gone either way with, with the people. Yeah. Yeah, a- absolutely. And that, that's a piece where, you know, learning to read that dog a little bit. And again, but it's not as important to put a def- definition to that action. Yeah. It's more of, if you even have a question about it, then reach out to somebody and ask, Hey, this is what I'm doing with force fetch. This is a hurdle. And if somebody looks at them and says, well, yeah, that dog's avoiding, but it's not avoiding like out of fear, out of, you know, anxiety and all this other stuff. It's avoiding because it's basically saying, now you're not going to get the best of me. Yeah. I got this. I'm going to fight until you <laughs> give up and then I'm going to be happy and a wagging tail again. Cause I'm going to go get to do what I want to go do. I'm going to win. Yeah. And you're I'm going to win. And a novice handler, like your point, why force fetch is one of the hardest things to do is because a novice handler might not recognize that. And they right might not the recognize, back. and they, they may have a personal relationship with the dog and they're not willing yeah. to meet that and, and, and work through it with the dog. Not force it through with the dog. Well, that Work through one, it with the dog. One guy in particular told me today, he goes, you know, I, I thought I understood it. I waited until this class to really put my dog on the table for the first time. And he was like, the hardest thing was... I thought I was putting too much pressure on the tow hitch and the dog wasn't even reacting and I had to be told to put more pressure on it for him to react. And he was like, and it still, it wasn't hurting him or anything. It was just like, I thought I was going to hurt that dog. And he was like, just figuring out the amount of pressure that it takes to get the appropriate reaction out of the dog. He goes, I've lived with that dog obviously for a year now. And I thought I was going to be too hard on it. And I was under pressuring that dog the gsp when we did the collar drives the very first question i asked the gentleman what's your working level with your dog truck man 25 burns them up i'm like okay 
and we started and I quickly learned that dog didn't care about a 25. <laughs> it's funny you said that. I yeah. had the same experience. Yeah, the dog didn't even care about a 25. <laughs> and I ended up on a 62. And yep. like when the dog was doing absolutely everything and to the T and perfect and everything else, and I came back and I, I held the kit and the remote up to the owner and the owner was like, really? I was like, yeah. That's where that that's where that emotional relationship yep. with the dog comes in, which you don't have. Right, you have the relationship with the dog. Is I'm the leader, you're not, and we're moving forward. We're going to yep. do this. It might be stressful. It might be difficult. I'm with you, it, but I'm not going to let you fail. But we're going to do it my way. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's it. Yeah, and we and talked. That's just it. Yeah, we talked a ton. Of, like you, you know, like talked about having your dog has to have a relationship with. With all of the stimuli that affect it, and whether that be so, we spent a lot of time with clickers and food in my group today, and then we rolled over and we talked about the introduction of pain, you know, and using like for me transparent language, clear language. But we talked about like, hey, where are your thresholds at? What's novelty? Like if you know, if I use a vibrate function on my collar and my dog freaks out because it's a novel stimulation. Like that's not a good thing because that affects my dog's behavior. What I need to do is make that meaningless and then I need to give it real meaning, you know? And so what's your dog's relationship with pain? Mm-hmm. And if it's novel, if you're on a 13 and you think that means something to your dog and it hasn't been titered, doesn't understand, it's not, you know, uh, it doesn't have a, uh, a, uh, a, a, a resilience developed to this point, then we can't have a real relationship with negative reinforcement or positive punishment at that point. And that's why, you know, as, as somebody that gets a lot of dogs to your hands and you look at this dog and you go, okay, man, Hey, we can step it up. And I know this, I know this isn't going to be comfortable, but I know you can handle it. And I know you're going to break over at some point and make a breakthrough today. Yep. And that's why dogs got to do that today. Like in my station, got to go up to a place where we broke over and had a recall happen, you know, under pressure. And like the guy, you could see this, like all the weight come off of his shoulders <laughs> and his dog's shoulders, right? And then the behavior was now uh, prevalent and reoccurring and understood by the dog. Yeah. It was a skill, not a task. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, we weren't taskmasters. <laughs> yeah. right? yep. It's the same thing, you know. And we're telling them in our station to constantly driving this pressure down. I sure. want this pressure as low as I could possibly get it. Yep. As low as that collar goes, I don't want that's too high. I sure. want to go lower. Yep. I want to drive this down. Do I? Can I go higher? Absolutely. You're on a yep. seventy-three or whatever you were. Right. Right. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Whatever it takes, but as little as it needed. Absolutely, the most subtle cue we can give to make yeah. the most. And but I'm, get the biggest response. we're constantly trying to drive this down. So by the time we were done with our station, I think we were in low on a, on a, on a Garmin five fifty. We were on a low one, which uh, uh, most people I I haven't found a person yet, including myself, that can feel that. I yeah. swear to God, they can hear it more than they can feel. Sure, it. sure. Because yeah. you know when it, when you make a connection with electrical connection, you can hear whatever it. kind of frequency. I yeah. swear the dog can hear it. Versus feel it because if a dog can feel that, yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, but and they're they're stopping on that. They're 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 being quartered. Whatever it, whatever it is we're doing, we're constantly trying to drive it down. That's why we don't use a lot of ver, um, vibrate or or tone on the collar because 
you can't go down. Sure. You know, so we, yeah, that, that that comes in, but but it we we like to just make sure we're just trying to drive this pressure down as low as we can possibly go because then all these tools go away. Yeah. And the dog knows what it's supposed to do. It's a learned, willing response. But well, it's a very subtle way of communicating with a dog and allowing it to develop a relationship with a bird in the presence of us. Like, you know, if we're, you know, to me, that's what steadiness is. It's like just exerting the, the, the absolute lightest or, or most, or least invasive um, uh, communication from me and allowing you to establish your relationship as a predator with your prey, understand it, but I've got to tell you something. I've got to communicate with you. And the collar is like, it's truly the least invasive way to do that. If I'm, here, if I'm barking at you the whole time, I'm, I'm just wasting energy and I'm, I'm, I'm diminishing the value of my voice. If I'm giving you a subtle cue with a tactile sensation on your neck, that, that's something that matters. You know, and but I can show you how what it means. You know, and I, mean, I don't yeah. know. The I mean, one thing I see with collars, though, um, people have to realize they have to use them mm-hmm. and able to not use them. You, that, yes, that is such an, a fantastic point. <laughs> that you're saying. So, well, you know, you don't say a lot, but when you do, <laughs> that, that's amazing. Like, yeah. Yeah, they have to lose their novelty, like, right? Like they bang, can't, right? Yeah. yeah. Thank you. And I really so it becomes that. if we use them. It becomes a cue if we don't use them and then use them either when we're angry, frustrated, or have something go haywire, it's usually on higher levels and it's a punishment versus a cue as a reminder, hey, I hope everybody's we, listening because that's, that's yeah. probably the most profound thing. If, if, yeah. if not, is it not? I mean, it's like that. that is it right there. All of it, no matter what you're doing, losing that's the novelty it. of your collar. You know, if I, and I talk about this all the time with vibrate for me, like if I use the vibrate function on my collar, like I, before it matters, it needs to not matter. I need to have used it enough that it has zero value and then I can predict pain with it. But I, I, I want that to be something that you understand. I want you to be resilient to it so that I can actually use it to affect you in a way that you learn. Um, if I touch it and you're scared of it, well, I've lost my opportunity to train you at that moment. It's the fear, like that, the novelty of the collar. Um, it takes away from the moment the ability to, that takes away from that teaching moment. So when I talk about collar conditioning, I'm talking less about affecting your behavior and more about diminishing the value of all these novel sensations you're feeling. I want you to I want those to become normalized. And once they have become normalized, now I can use them to predict specific things in training. Right. Now and, they can be used to teach, you know. And using mm-hmm. them that way, the dog responds to it instead of reacts to it. Absolutely. If we yeah. get a reaction to a collar, we're doing something wrong. Sometimes right. we have to get their attention, but we want a response. We want an action to follow that we've right. trained. It's so great verbiage. It's, and, yeah, and that's that's, that's where like the force fetch piece, when a lot of people hear that drive the pile, not understanding that, that we're, we're giving that response to that dog with that small amount of minuscule stimulus to go away from us, away from safety, to go find something valuable and then pick it up and bring it back. You know, and that's that's a response, not a reaction. Because a reaction would be just let me get away from you as far as either I can. shut down, yeah. right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, 
go the other way, lose yep. its focus, yep. not understand at that point what you want. Right. Confidence, right? Like and confidence yeah. is when they know, like, hey, if I if I do this, then I escape or avoid pressure. You yep. know, but we can't get f- from zero to, to a depth of understanding of escape avoidance with novelty in our collar. We can't just go, oh man, hey, this scares you or this this freaks you out. This has to be a, a thing you're you're familiar with. You have to be familiar with it before you can learn from it, in my opinion. And I think yeah. they and, and we kind really we break the collar down. Like we we use the Garmin program. You guys sure, may use sure. Dogtras or Sport. Dog. It doesn't matter. It's all the same stuff. Yeah. It's all pretty much. You know, some are hotter than others. Some sure. are this or that. They have different features. But we use the Garmin. Uh, and, and I when I talk about e collars to people, we're talking about I break it down into into three sections you know the first section and maybe ones two levels low levels sure we talk about talking to the dog we're, we're simply talking we're cueing it's it it's no different than a blinker on a car or a tap on the shoulder yep. whatever it might be we're, we're simply talking we're not we're not there's no pain in, 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 in introduced there's none of that kind of thing then we're correcting get a little higher we're correct it's a little slap on the back of the head hey Wake up! Wake up! Correction should have what? Consequences, (laughs) right? Correction should have consequence. Otherwise, it's pretty much empty. It's it's not even novel. Knock it up! Knock it off! Right? And then there's the punishment area. Anybody that's out there listening to this that has children knows that all three of those areas are required in raising a child. It's the same thing as training a dog. If a dog's running towards the road. And you know that this car that's coming down the road is going to whack that dog. Would you shock that dog? And if you want to use that term, sure, absolutely you would. To save that dog's life, of course you would. So this conversation about e collars is over. So th- at that point, we're punishing. Yeah, you know. But but sometimes we have to correct. But most of the time, we're down in the areas where we're just talking to the dog. We're just yeah. we're just communicating with you. It's just a small little cue that tells you, you know, okay. Come with me, come to me, or stand still, you know, or fetch, or, or, or go whatever away. it might yeah. be. Go away from me. whatever it might be, but the it's not one thing. the The worst thing that can happen is that just this that come button, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> right. I, I, I tell people all the time. I said, if your collar is a GPS device, yeah, it's got a GPS. I know. No, I mean when you hit the button and your dog goes, <laughs> yay! Oh, there he is over there. <laughs> you know. It's definitely not what you need to be using with a dog. No, you know, absolutely not. So, absolutely not. Um, so it's all. It, it, this is refreshing for me. I'm, I'm glad we did this because <laughs> because to hear you guys talk and, and, and this this is all's not lost. Well, it's not that, but you know how you can get in your little corner, yeah, and yeah. you're doing your own yeah. thing, and, and and all of a sudden, you know, it's like, am I doing the right thing? Over it, here? <laughs> it goes to what it goes. What me and Nick. We're saying when we first kind of put this together, you know, he asked me that question. Do you think we can get a couple of pro trainers to come down? And I was just like, ooh, man, you know, we're, we're an odd lot. You get stuck <laughs> in your groove and you train with your is, wife or your one is, person is or you right? train where you're at. I we're mean, saying- me and Gre- me and Grayson are what, an hour and a half yeah. from each other? We don't ever get to see each other. How do we train? And we don't ever train unless we do something like this together. Yeah. But well, it's like, dude, but you guys are the same way, I'm sure. Like, it's busy. It's a busy life. People, you know, I know there's a, I hope there's a few people out there considering maybe taking the leap and wanting to become pros. I'm here to tell you right now, like, your life's not going to be any easier <laughs> like the, once you decide to, to take that task on. It's a, such a busy life. So the opportunity to come do this, I'm so grateful for this because it's so validating because we're, I'm listening to people I've never met before. 
Say the exact same thing. And say, yeah. yeah, and essentially they're validating all my beliefs. Like I understand, and and I remember a few years ago, you know, and I was isolated in the military and geeking out on dogs by myself all the time. The early days of the internet, I found. Um, uh, Mo Lindley, who was an early influence on me, and he has some very heady stuff that he used to put out. And he, he's not—he's—he's—he's he's, uh, he's got some communication deficits in person. Yeah. So he spent a lot of time on the internet back in the day, and there was there was so much to be garnered. And there was—I remember like a Facebook thread or something that was about um, the trainer's mindset. And I and I've thought about that all night as we're talking. And it's like the the moment you go to let that dog out of the kennel, how are you interacting with it, and how's it reacting to you? You know, and those are those moments where you—that's the first time in the day that you get to exert your influence on that dog. You know, and what is what are you asking of them before they come out? Are they are they accepting you putting a slip lead over their head, or or a choke chain, or a pinch collar? You know, are they happy to have it put on? Do they do they become enthusiastic? You know, do they get into they do they load into the kennel easily? Do they get on the trailer easily? You know, and for us, I think we take it for granted every day. Like I'm not I, I'm I don't I'm not even be, begun to train a dog until they're loading. You know, but it's that these are things that other folks out there maybe if they're beginning maybe struggling with, and so understanding like you said earlier, like impulse control at the door at every threshold. That's that's a it's a fundamental thing we do. We don't think about it. I'm not. I don't feel like I'm dominating you. I don't feel like a, as if I'm asking too much of you. I want you to learn how to get the things you want and how to avoid the things you don't want. And that's everything you do in life, you know. And if we can do that, and when we get to the field, oh. it's simple. Back <laughs> yeah. to Mark's point and your point. You know, one of the key things I've really liked about this whole weekend is that that piece of you said, what's the validation that we got that my method's right, your method's right, your method's right? Well, my method's definitely right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I mean, it, to us, overall, our only validation is, and we're going to take dogs to the test. Yeah. Do the dog pass? All right, well, I must be doing something okay. Sure. Right? But coming together like this and all of us talking and stuff like that, it's like, oh, man. Well, I guess I am doing something right because they're I'm doing the same pretty much thing that they're doing and he's doing what I'm doing and she's doing what here you know the other guy's doing it kind of lends a little bit of validation for what you know hey we are making headway in this whole thing as being quote unquote a pro trainer you know I mean that we're actually helping people you know and and not necessarily just always collecting a paycheck cuz I promise you the pay versus the work is 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 not normally <laughs> where it would be it should be you know, you got to do it for the love of the dogs. And we're, we're in a great time. Like we are, we're living, you know, we're living the best time for us. You know, we all want to like, and I was talking about this today. Like, you know, most of us are like kind of, we like are kind of cowboys and we are nostalgic bird hunters and we long for days of yore. But like, when we think about it, when I first started, man, the, you know, there was an internet, but it wasn't a thing, you know? And I was at club day and club day what we did was get in a corner and talk shit about other trainers. <laughs> <laughs> and like, and so in the, the old adage, you know what he's doing. <laughs> the, old, the old adage was right. Like what, what do two, what can two trainers agree on what the third's doing wrong? That was yeah, always right. like, that was the old thing. Right. <laughs> yeah. And you know, and, but today like that, all that 
goes away because now the ability to communicate, like the, the, the us being here today, like we are in, in my opinion, like the golden age, you know, of communication and dog training. We can sit around and share notes. And even though we don't do things the same way, we get to see, you know, where, where, what we have in common, where our commonalities lie and how we are so much more alike each other than we are different. Well, I mean, me and Mark were starting to talk about it. It is a great day. These guys are learning boat tons right now. The podcast has taught more people. I don't know how many reviews you share with me on a weekly basis about, you know, thank you for helping me get over this hurdle or thank you for doing this or something along those lines. But it, it's truly a situation where, like, when I came up, and like how Mark talked about when he came up, we learned through the grind. You know, you did maybe find a mentor or something like that, but there wasn't all the resources that we got these days. You know, yeah. you didn't have you know, podcasts getting together and bringing people in so they can learn how to do this stuff. It was literally like, okay, I just sucked at a thousand dogs and I thought I knew what I was doing and I'm still changing my method and doing this and doing that. And, and I was that slow kid in class. Like literally it felt like it took me forever to learn what a dog is telling me in the training process and reading that dog. And then all of a sudden, just like a dog on force fetch, it was like a light bulb went off one day. I'm like, Oh, I know how to fix that. Okay. Yeah, I can do this. And and then just try to correlate that along. So, I mean, yeah, like Grayson said, if anybody's listening to this and thinks that, you know, maybe they want to get into this pro thing. Absolutely. Look, you're not scaring me. I'm more busy than I've ever been. That's why we've got the interns. That's why you're taking interns and stuff like that, Mark. That's right. You know, you get, know, we're, get we're, some more people involved in this, please. You know, bring, bring them on. I need help. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's like, um, we're all talking the same language. We're all doing the same things. And that's very reassuring, you know, and when, when, when we, um, interact like this, it, it's like, wow. It's like, you know, that whole body language and all this other, the, the aha moment. Yeah, I've had those aha moments. You know, I've had those aha moments in many different stages of my life. But now with dog training, I'm applying that. And it's like, wow, okay, well, this applies. I'm, I'm looking at the dogs, reading their body, and actually communicating with them. That is really, I mean, it's an eye-opener. And to see these guys today. Have that moment. Have that moment. Yep. And look at this, and they're like, wow, I can do that. I th- I think that'll work. Yeah. Wow. And to me, that was like I got it. So yeah. so let me let me ask you Done. guys because <laughs> we talked about it today. Like you just talked about it when you, when you see that light bulb go off on the dog when you when you finally break through that wall and you see the dog react or or respond as Martha Ann put it instead of react the way that you're looking for the the sense of joy and the affirmation you get as, as a handler or trainer just means the world but as a as a pro trainer as the guys that are taking the time out of y'all's busy schedule to help the people out here is it as much rewarding or even more rewarding to see the oh, light bulb go off me. on people doing yeah. it with their own dogs as opposed it's, to doing it with your own it, dogs it's absolutely more for me i mean there's when i've got somebody that i helped with him with his dog dog was only in our facility for 50, 55 days i worked some basic foundation mm-hmm. obedience and some basic uh force fetch all the way to the, just about drive water and that young man came to me and he's like thank you thank you thank you i have one more leg to get before i have my hrc junior champion 
you know that's why i kind of like doing what we do is seeing that light bulb and then have him come back and say man after sitting at your station and sitting at your station he's like i can do this i can have an hrc master title dog i can have an akc master hunt title dog and I know the dog. And I've done it by myself. There's no doubt he can have a master. Yeah. super dog, super yeah. dog. Yeah, yeah. And, and boy, is that a beast? Does he not? Yeah, no. Oh, and, yeah. And like yeah. you look at him and like, yeah. and not bred for it. Yeah, nothing. He's just a beast. Yeah. I love that dog. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. And, I mean, and cool young man, right? Like, yeah. he's a good guy. You yeah, know? yeah. He's so I mean, that's one of the biggest reasons I do it. I love seeing people like you know Bill and uh, Ivan. You know, he came down from Wisconsin. He's like, man, I'm having trouble with duck search. Yep. And oh, he just dog. had a smile on his face the entire day because he's been his dog has been down here with you, and he kind of came down to essentially get the crash course on how he can keep the train going after right. the dog leaves you. And it's just like the smile on his face, seeing what that dog was capable of after going through your training program, is just like wow. And then couple that with the knowledge he gained through today, he was just like, I I can do this. You know, yeah. now, now that Absolutely. I'm seeing it in person, I can do this. I, yeah. I, I got a text message just a little while ago with a guy saying, man, I wish I was there so bad. Now, this is a guy who called me up, I don't know, a year ago or so, wanted a puppy that he could run with, simply run. Mm-hmm. I'm like, look, you know, we, we're, we're bird dog people, you know, and I'm kind of vetting the guy. Ends up getting a dog. It's a really nice little short hair we're training this dog. He has he's PCSing. He's in the, he's in the uh, in the army. He's literally PCSing to to um, a, a command called Africom in mm-hmm. in Germany. He delayed his deployment or that this PCS his permanent change of station to Germany so that he could test this dog. <laughs> <laughs> in May, and he's testing this dog this coming Sunday, May second. I think it's May second, May first, second, whatever. And then leaving for Germany on the third. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Now he has he's got the rank and everything where he can do this, but he's literally. This is how important that is to him. Now, now, yeah. for, for, we've influenced that. Yeah, we, we made that happen because the, he is so excited about this dog and the way that it has come how far it's come and how talented this dog is. Keep in mind, all he wanted to do was run with this dog. Now it's like, I bought a shotgun. I've got a license. We're going to Do you have a disclaimer like I do? It's crazy. (laughs) Do you have a disclaimer, the the RGK disclaimer, that once you come here and train or hunt with us or buy a dog from us, once you make that purchase, RGK is no longer responsible for additional purchases of <laughs> guns, Shot dogs, gun, training <laughs> equipment, boats, divorce trucks, and or your marital status yeah, when you I get think, to the house. I think you said so much. It's so cool to hear that story, too, for me, because like, like what is that dude? What's he laid on the table, man? Uh, his you entire know? career. And, and so what's, and to me, what's the lesson you take away? And we talk so much about this today, and this gets a little hippy-dippy with me, and I, I don't. I don't bring it up very much, but like for me, training is 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 my creative expression, yeah. right? And and I don't get to do that unless I get to be vulnerable. Like, and we have all of us. Everybody at this table has this ego that we have to like. We're fighting it all the time, but yeah. the fact that we put ourselves out there and we go to test on testing, <laughs> we know, we know, like like you know, like you're gonna fall on your face, man. You're going to look silly in front of somebody. At some point, you may fail, and you may delay your PCS 
just so you can test your dog, just so you can fail. Mm-hmm. And you're going to go anyway, and you're going to become a better person for it. You're going to become a better trainer for it. That's, that's, that's you've exposed yourself. That's how you get strong. It's you know, we've had I, this conversation with this yeah. guy. He is so, I mean, he wants it so bad for the dog, and he knows it's a dog. The dog doesn't care. It's so much yeah. more than that, right? <laughs> it's, it's everything. So yeah. Yeah. So, hey, it's like, and, and like the general, the general of the division is calling up, how'd she do today? It's crazy. You know, I mean, we're all involved in this. Now, I know these guys personally. Sure. Personally. So, um, it's really kind of rewarding for me to be able to do this at this level. Sure. I mean, these guys are just like into it, man. It's like oh, they're, they're eating it up. They're eating it's like it up. Skittles, like a big bowl of Skittles in the middle of a table. <laughs> you man. can't have one Serious. Lay's potato chip, right? Yeah. It's like you got to keep going, crushing it. Well, that's fantastic. And we've seen this over and over again. Uh, Martha's Martha's worked with many women that have like, oh, I'm a vegetarian. And then they get a German short hair. Next thing you know, they buy a shotgun. <laughs> yeah, they're eating all the meat. They're chucking deer. <laughs> My favorite poster child, Terry Ann. Yeah, yeah. Ter- you know, Terry Ann is the right? same thing. It's like, it's like, wait a minute, you bought me a, a tennis brace? Yeah, but I, I wanted a shotgun. Yeah, yeah. Terry Ann Terry bought Ann. a Vishla to go running with. Our and, great friend, Terry Ann Fernando yeah. at uh, Accidental Bird Dog on Instagram, if you're yeah. listening. She's super, yeah. super I mean, accomplished and somebody that has exposed themselves yep. and, and, and had that vulnerable and yeah. stuff like that yeah. and that's a that's a girl that never had hunted before before anything took her dog showed up at navda training day and within two years is running a natural or uh, running a utility test with a dog and she's barely i mean had fours there. and threes and everything and it was just really cold that day and zara was like "Ooh, that water's too cold for me to go out and do a duck search and, and unfortunately got a low score in duck search, but had threes and fours in every nice. other event. That's huge. Finished a master hunter recently, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Finished yeah. a master hunter. It's, it's, and just, just huge. super neat, man. Yeah. And, and a young lady that would, I, you know, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to put words in her mouth or speculate, but not, not who we would see in our ward, world normally. And yeah. If and she it, never owned the dog, she did never yeah. bought a shotgun Such and a, never hunted a bird in a day. Over and yeah. over. Fantastic and over. ambassador for us. Right? She's crazy? the person bringing yeah. people to all that. Of them, right. Yeah. You know, you talk about yeah. bringing new people into the sport or yeah. this or that, you know, the, 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 the hunter mentorship program. Sure. There it is. Yeah. It's right there on the table in front of us. We're doing it. Well, how many people, and dude, we've hit every subject we could hit tonight. Oh, I'll just shut up. I'm enjoying the ride. I'm making my job easy. Isn't this great? I mean, I got to tell you, I I don't know you guys from a bag. (laughs) (laughs) But this is fun. Yeah. When you you said, you want to do a podcast? I'm like, oh, man. (laughs) Here we go. This is is fun. Because this is is fun to hear you guys talk like this, and, and we're all on the same page. Yeah. And, and to help the people, I don't know about you, but Webfoot Outdoors, call me. Call us. I was yeah. just about to say. I, I'm all over that. We are here to help you. We're not here to have you come into our kennel for a month or two months or three months. If you want to do that, that's great. But we're here to help you. You got a problem? Call me. Yep. Call you. Call you. Yep. Whatever. You know, we're here to help. That's what bird bird dog people are all about. I was just about to say we we need to start wrapping it up. So let you know. Let's tell everybody oh, sure, where they sure. can find you. You know, yeah. you. you you just said Webfoot Outdoors. Where do they find your website? Do you have social media, stuff like that? Yeah, well, you can find us on, on Instagram at, at uh, webfootoutdoors.com or Webfoot Outdoors uh, Incorporated, I think it's called. 
is our Instagram page. Our web, our, our Facebook page is Webfoot Outdoors. Our uh, website is webfootoutdoors.com. You can call Martha and I. It's all there on the website. Um, we encourage you to do that. If you have a question, got a problem, call me. I will be glad to talk to you and help you out, no matter where you are or what level you're at. And, Scott, everybody knows how to get, find your yeah. SE Guns kennel. Grace, and I know you're not going to bring it up, so I'm going to force you to bring it up. You have your own new format of a podcast that you need to pitch and, and throw out yeah, to everybody. And it's, so it's, it's not a commercial thing, but if you guys want to want to check it out, um, Companion Gun Dog Podcast. And, I, and before I get off, there's a couple things I had in mind, I think, that really worked well with this podcast and a couple of like uh, uh, just pieces of of wisdom that have been passed to me and they, and they feel very appropriate to talk about. So I think a lot of Mo Lindley was somebody that was a big influence on mm-hmm. me and, and a man named Bill West was a big influence on Mo Lindley. And, uh, and one thing Mo said to me, um, uh, when I was, when I was kind of coming into this game and, and developing this business was to find my passion and to give it away and that Bill West had said that. And I think tonight really embodied that yeah. um, with us. Yeah. So if you're out there and you're getting good at this and you're becoming confident, find someone to mentor. You know, yep. find your passion and give it away. And and then there's another mentor of mine, a, a, a man named Jackie Hutwagner, who's not yep. um, you know, not the most famous guy in the world, <laughs> but he's a he's a judge. And I apprenticed under him. And I remember asking him as I was apprenticing to judge field trials under Jackie, you know, like, what am I really looking for? It felt so subjective and it was so weird. And he goes, man, at the end of the day, there's one thing that matters. He's like, what dog out here you want to put in your truck and take home with you? And I always, I think, regardless of what game you're playing, that the, the spirit of, the, of everything that we do is that. If you're out there, you know, be that, have, be, aspire to have the dog that the guy next to you just wants to put in his truck and take home with him. And that's the yep. dog you want. Doesn't matter all, you know, hitting every, uh, uh, hitting all your, your fours along the way. Enjoy it. Be excited by it. If it, if, if that means busting a few birds along the way, sometimes that's the exciting part yep. of it. Enjoy what you're doing. Have fun with it. Let your dog express themselves and, and, and let it be a way that you express yourself. So, you know, thanks for obviously, Go check out the Companion Gun Dog <laughs> podcast and all that good stuff. But, yeah. but uh, you know, this was a fun, a fun, fun podcast to do. And I hope um, that the this folks- ain't the last one. I got a feeling. No, no. Not and like I'm, this. I'm sitting here thinking. I always know the snippet at the start of the episode is good. When Scott, you know, texts me, he's like, "That was a good one." That summed up the episode. I'm just sitting there like, I'm screwed this week. There's too many snippets to pick from. I, don't know, <laughs> I, don't know I mean, we covered everything from. Basic obedience to e-collar introductions to force fetch to, to become your own pro trainer. Yeah, yeah. how to become yeah. your own pro trainer. And, and, but you know that was that was pretty that was pretty cool, man. That was pretty profound. You're one of them educated guys. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I've been lucky to be in the yeah, presence. You're of, one of them of greatness. educated guys. But no, I, I mean, I, I have I have watched guys put dogs in their truck after their dog just just died in the field. I'm like. And I wish I was putting taking that dog, that dog in my, home with me. my yeah. truck. Yeah. I mean, he may not have done great on this test, but I want that dog. I'll give you fifty bucks for that dog. Yeah. <laughs> and he'd probably take it that day. But but I tell you, we we've all been there. He's like, man, that is a, that that's a dog. Yeah, that's got some dog in. Sometimes him. you got to let it hang out. 
to have that dog. Sometimes yeah. you got that's the vulnerability yeah. part. Sometimes no, in order yeah. to show your dog off, sometimes you got to fail. Yeah, yeah. sometimes yeah. you hanging your head, going, "Oh, I'll I'll see you tomorrow." Guys, I appreciate you coming down and everything, making yourselves acceptable, drinking all the ugly dog whiskey in the in the house. This stuff's everything. terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I've only had two bottles of it. It's terrible. <laughs> it's horrible. Well, you're uh, gonna have a third to check it. Like, oh, like Scott said, I, I feel like this may may not be the last time that we all get together, and and I enjoyed it, and I'm looking forward to your guys station tomorrow and learning more about the steadiness and we're going to have to have you guys back on and, and actually dive deep into the steadiness piece because you know we, we talked at a thousand foot view tonight and, and generalizations and stuff like that but i'm going to have to get in and, and actually dive into y'all's methods and, and how you guys do things up, up your way so everybody have a good day Thank you for listening to GDIY. If you enjoy this podcast, please remember to take a moment to rate, review, and share with a friend. Also, be sure to follow us and our partners on Facebook and Instagram under Gundog It Yourself. If you really enjoy the podcast and would like to contribute even more to the future content, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Gundog It Yourself. Thanks again and happy hunting. Everyone seems to have the same questions or concerns when they start trying to decide which kennel to purchase for their vehicle. Perhaps it's time to stop asking all the questions and just design the perfect setup that meets your exact needs. B-Pro Kennel specializes in designing and fabricating custom premier dog boxes handcrafted right here in the USA from high-grade, lightweight aluminum. They'll get you set up with the size dimensions, lighting, storage, battery boxes with solar charging, and anything else you can dream of. Stop stressing over buying the wrong setup just after replace it again in a year. Go ahead and check out bprokennels.com and get exactly what you want. If you're considering changing your dog's food soon, then be sure to check out Yukonuba Pro Performance. Their science-backed formulas are designed to take your dog to the next level of performance. They also now have the new puppy formula to help your pup start strong and live active. When looking at all the different food options, remember Yukonuba to help power their ultimate performance. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Bob from Lone Duck's Gun Dog Chronicles podcast. I hope you just enjoyed the episode you just listened to. And if you did, I think you'll enjoy hopping on ours. We've got professional retriever trainers and upland bird dog trainers from across the country and world sharing their tips and tricks and great stories to help you and your dog get ready for the season. We'll see you there.